Hi, my name is Scott Kerland, and my best friend Lils Martin hates musicals. I'm Lils Martin, and my friend and acquaintance Scott Kerland loves musicals. Wait, what? I don't like, I don't like begrudging for it or anything. Wait, I don't know. I said you were my best friend, and you just called me a friend and acquaintance? Yeah. I was working really, really hard on creating this podcast for you where I show you great movie musicals and bad movie musicals because I love you, but you want to be a dick. We were supposed to court this promo for Hell is a Musical, and what are we doing right now? Sounds like we're recording the promo right now. Hell is a Musical on the Zero Science Network. Be there. Scott, what big eyes you have. No, I'm not doing this. Scott, what big ears you have. Yeah, no. Scott, what a big mouth you have. And this is where you, come on, this is where you say, the better to podcast with. We watch Red Riding Hood. So you know what that means. I'm acting exactly like Amanda Seyfried did. And it's in the basket, the writer's bagel basket. <laughs> you can't escape from me. Oh my god, you can speak. How? You understand me, that's all that matters, Valerie. You know my name. Tear me apart, Lisa! Oh dang. mind putting that gun away my wife doesn't care but i'm a very timid fellow you idiot don't be mean we don't have to be mean because remember no matter where you go there you are hi welcome Ritter's bagel basket and we kick off shocktober with red riding hood yay which continues Haley's journey into madness well, no, you did you did Willy Wonka, you did Casper. So like now you're in Y adult uh Y Y adult. You're in you're you went from kids movies to young adult horror. Oh Y A adults. Yes. Because we're Wait, not Y A adult Young Adult Adults. <laughs> Next Haley will I be doing the, the film Young Adult starring Charlize Theron. Mm. So we watched Red Riding Hood. Yes. But before we started this podcast, I just have to say, Scott made me watch like at least 10 popsicle commercials from the 90s. Do you want to talk about this? Well, because uh, I went up to McCoy and I go, the colors, McCoy, the colors. Uh, I'm colorblind kid. And Haley's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what is this very strange exchange that's and, going on? And I'm like, it, it's a 90s commercial. And of course, I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, because Haley only watched one thing growing up, and that was PBS. To be, no, no. Uh, Wishbone, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Gargoyles. All right, you got me. (laughs) Um, I did recognize those commercials, though, after a couple. Yeah, because they were on during Gargoyles. I'm sure they were on during everything. So what's the blockbuster rule for Red Riding Hood? Oh, boy. Well, fresh off of the uh, steaming pile of crap that was Twilight, Catherine Hardwick entertains us by taking uh, 
the Grimm brothers' classic fairy tale and turned trying to turn it into an Agatha Christie uh, story. I believe yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, like as the trailer says, you can't keep out what's already in. Also, I pointed out to you that Julie Julie Christie, who plays the grandmother, mm-hmm. was seventy. Oh, she looks. I I can Julie only Christie hope. Still looks amazing. I can only hope to look that good when I'm seventy. Yeah, I will be pleased as popsicles if I. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say punch, <laughs> but so no, what- no, that's a clever way of like tying back in the uh, like the older joke that I just made. Do you see what I did there? It's I'm what comedians kid. do. <laughs> I'm colorblind, kid. Um, but. I thought when you you said Red Riding Hood, I thought you meant the Red Riding Yes. trilogy. Oh know? yeah, and then you got super excited and Yeah, cuz I'm like, "Oh, well Haley loves serial killers. We did Zodiac. There's nothing scarier than the Red Riding murders from And to be fair, I do still want to see that. Yeah. We have yet to like, you know, pop that DVD in. I I think I You think... you have it. I know you have it. I thought we gave it away. No, we did not. Okay, if we still have it, great. But I hope so. It's like nine hours long. Like each. each... Well, guess what we're going to be doing after this podcast? We're going to be digging through your massive DVD collection, and we're going to find it. So we're going to be podcasting for the next five hours. <laughs> so but... yeah, uh, Catherine Hardwick. Yes, got. No one says this from Lionsgate, but she totally got fired from from Twilight. <laughs> and that's why she made Red Riding Hood. Well, she finished the first movie. Right. But apparently she wasn't fun to work with that that Warner Brothers is like, hey, do you want to come and we'll pay you more money and you don't have to do a sequel to Twilight? And Lionsgate is like, yeah, you should probably go. Um. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. They're um, like, we got the guy who directed American Pie well, to direct I mean- the sequel. Isn't what, what's the what's the new other, moon? No, no. What's the other studio? So it was Lionsgate that she was fired from. Lionsgate started with Twilight, right? Lionsgate Summit is so okay. Yeah. So, but the other studio is bigger. Yeah. So of course she's going to take that opportunity, right? But she she so, she's is the it really? Indie, but she's the indie director. Like she got her start in indie films. Okay. So she, she kind of wanted to stay at the indie studio. Oh, so they're like, we want you to sell out, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> Please. much. Please. Yeah. And she's Please like, drink the Kool Aid. She's like, they're not going to let me do New Moon the way I wanted. And mm. they're like, we'll let you do this movie the way you wanted. And they didn't. Warner to be Brothers fair, did not. Moo Moon doesn't wasn't Moon done Moon? the way. Moo Moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god did i make up an old internet reference moon noon. does anyone remember moon moon <laughs> oh i thought you said moon noon Mo- no i said i i don't know i don't know what i said anymore so yeah she's like okay let's take red riding hood but just fyi in the comments you will get a lot of references to moon moon now and i i apologize in advance is it going to be you no <laughs> i'm not on twitter you know this oh i thought i thought on the actual soundcloud page for this or the uh, no spotify page no you can comment people please comment on either page <laughs> but be nice who, who comments anymore let's mm. be honest the comments we get for this podcast are are clearly all bots they're like hey we love podcast name here <laughs> yeah 
Why don't you give us monies? <laughs> so speaking of giving monies, they gave Catherine Hardwick a budget of $81 million, I believe, for this movie. So just going back to the whole, like, changing over from Summit to... Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Like, so, but don't they kind of do that with, like, a series where they get different directors to... Di- like, because they did that with Harry Potter. They wanted Chris Columbus for all of them, and he got burnt out after the first two. I can't blame him. I mean, he set the whole foundation. Yeah, and then Alfonso Cuaron changed it in the third movie. Yeah. But kind he- of. Not really. Like, he changed the tone, I would yeah. say. It got darker. Yeah, and the but- cinematography got better. Yeah. Um, but... Like, I mean, all the work Christopher did on that first movie is incredible. But if anyone knows Catherine Hardwick, she is the director of not just this in the original Twilight movie, but right. she also directed a film called 13, which mm-hmm. is what got her Twilight. Okay. And she always casted the actress who played Rosalie mm-hmm. in all of her films because Nikki Reed wrote the screenplay for 13 at the age of 13 and wow true to form i think nikki reed is um she's one of the girls in this one of Mm -hmm. her friends i think she's uh she's either sam or prudence so she's still 13 right because she's a vampire (laughs) i i guess but you know what the movie was about being eternally 13 no You've never seen 13, right? No. It's it's a young adult, you know, movie, but it's a horror movie if you're like a parent. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um it it's 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 dark. Mhm. But speaking of dark gothic movies, and let me just preface this by saying I do like it when they take traditional like fairy tales or stuff of that ilk and they make it dark. So Haley will be doing I, Snow White and the Huntsman. I no, no. It 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 runs the gamut. What about Huntsman Winter because, War? So I'm thinking more along the lines of in the vein of Hellboy 2. Like that even though it wasn't like based on a particular fairy tale, like we all know Hellboy is based on a comic book. Yeah. I it, it was still uh, Guillermo del Toro said it himself. Like it was all about it. It was steeped in like fairy tales. Yeah, he like said the first one was a comic book, movie. a comic book movie. The second one was more of a fairy tale. And the like third a dark one that tale. never got made was supposed to be a Greek tragedy. Mm, yeah, but we never got it. We never got it. So, but this and one tear slowly slid down both of our cheeks. Uh, oh, no, and uh, Pan's no, Labyrinth too. Pan's Labyrinth is a better example, I would say. Pan's Labyrinth is based on many fairy tales rolled into one. Not just many fairy tales, but fairy tales from the Spanish yeah culture. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Where this is like, hey, you remember Little Red Riding Hood? Well, what if yeah she was in Twilight? Yeah, exactly. And what if our main male lead looked like his face was under a magnifying glass and got melted? Because like, it's like, it's not Portland. It's fine. It's totally Portland. This isn't Jacob versus Edward. It's totally Jacob versus Edward. Yeah. And this time I actually wanted her to be with, you know, not the Edward. Does, does, does. Sorry, I'm... Shiloh Fernandez. No, 
No. Does um Catherine Hardwick does she purposely direct her like her female leads to just be to just give deadpan delivery every single time? Because we both know <laughs> that Amanda Seyfried is a better actress than this. But we both know she was burnt out. That Kristen Hardwick or Kristen Kristen Stewart can act. Can, yeah, uh, Kristen Stewart. I almost said Kristen Hardwick too. Yeah, Kristen Stewart can act. If you've ever seen her in the Clouds of Sils Marie or our Personal Shopper, and she's going to be Diana. Yes, Soon. she's playing Diana Spencer in right. the movie Spencer. Yeah, and she was in that that Christmas movie that I liked that you didn't. The Dan Levy one. I mean, I'm s- sorry. Well, <laughs> no, no. It just, I just didn't like it. Yeah, no. But, but she she had. She's got acting chops. They both have acting chops. Like the la- the last time I think an actress did a good job under her direction was. Uh, going back to 13, Evan Rachel Wood and Holly Hunter were both nominated for awards for those performances. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, Evan Rachel Wood was for was nominated for basically getting up into her mom's face and saying, so what? I have a bra. Tough. That That's like a line in the movie. I'm not even making that up. Wow. <laughs> like, like. That one earned an Owen Wilson. Wow. Yeah, she starts, like, singing a song about wearing underpants in that film. It's the weirdest movie, and it got nominated for three Oscars. And then she made Twilight. And that was me sipping the tea. But Ka- I have nothing else to so, say. So, apparently, if you see the, the interviews with Catherine Hardwick before she made the movie 13, she is, like, an adult. Like, Frances McDormand would play her in a movie. After she made 13, she turned into Amy Poehler from Mean Girls. <laughs> really? Yeah. So if you see her at like movie premiere, she's wearing like clothes from Delia's and Claire's. Ah. Uh, so like this is like. But Scott, she's a cool mom. Yeah. She's the fun mom. <laughs> what? And only fun moms make Twilight movies. So I never fully saw this movie until. Maybe she was like, I'm doing young adult now. I have to. Turn into Charlize Theron from a young, young adult. But she Daniel Day Lewis her way into Twilight. But she got stuck. It's maybe like, we're underestimating her. It's Scott, like the, it's like those people who, like, in the sixties and seventies, did too much like acid and their brain burned out. Like, oh no, that's what she's like. Like at uh, least Amy Heckerling, who made Clueless and and uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, at least she still dresses like an adult, even though like her her hair is like a rat's nest. Hey, you know, <laughs> I mean, you do you. I don't like you know want to insult anyone's personal style, but yeah, I mean, you're saying that there was quite a shift in her personality and her demeanor. So yeah, who knows? It, it's like one of those things in Hollywood. That they don't talk about anymore. Because I don't think she's made a movie since since this. Since Red Riding Hood. We'd have to look it up. Oh, wait, no. She made Nativity Story after that. But Oh, yes. But I think... Which at, I heard actually... Did, did, I mean, religious ter- movies always do well. Yeah, I mean, that goes back all the way Because to, you got the audience kind of built in there. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> yeah. But... Um, but... Yeah, I... Yeah, I haven't heard anything else. 
but she so with this this came out around the time so i never saw this until we watched it like, yeah i saw half of it and i'm like i'm gonna fall asleep now i'm gonna go to bed yeah and i was in the movie theater um <laughs> no i'm kidding no you didn't this was one of the few few movies i saw that the, i saw I and saw, you didn't i saw the first 20 minutes of this movie when it first premiered that on my, counts <laughs> Like, I'm counting that. But that was, that was, this That's movie. another notch on my belt. <sighs> this movie is 10 years old. Okay. This movie came out in 2011. Yeah. And like Toy Story came out however long ago. Oh, I'm old. We get it. That, We're all old. That wasn't my point. My point was that this movie is so old. It's so old. Oh. No, it's, it's the fact that like, I thought this movie came out like five or six years ago. It came out. A decade ago. Mm-hmm. And the the fact that... Amanda, okay, I was like, in retrospect, a decade is like not, you know... Well, but Amanda Seyfried still looks like Amanda Seyfried now. Yeah. And this is her first movie with Gary Oldman. Oh, I know, I know what I was going to say. The reason why she was like acting the way she was is apparently she shot this and Jennifer's Body and Mamma Mia back to back to back to back. Oh, my God. So she was like, oh, and Chloe, that movie Chloe. Oh, yeah, that was a bad movie. That was a dirty movie. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of a different movie. Are you thinking of Loveless? No, I'm thinking of the one where she ends up in a hole with the serial killer. What one was that? I don't know. Was that one? Or- I thought it, but it, I thought it, it, I thought it had just like a name attached to it. Like, like the title was just a name. <laughs> Safe read. Yeah. No, uh. But she did that. She did Mamma Mia, then Chloe, then Jennifer's Body, and this back to yeah. back to back. Yeah, that's, oh, that's exhausting. That's literally, and and everyone's like, oh, well, we kind of got sick of Amanda Savory. Well, you casted her in like five movies back to back. But of course, uh, it, Catherine Hardwick is like, oh, a girl with deadpan delivery and very small emotional range. So this the, is right up my alley. The reason why she casted. Uh, Amanda Seyfried is because she passed on her to play Bella in Twilight and she regretted it so she cast her I don't based on someone who remembers reading the book (laughs) I would never because the the way Twilight goes is apparently she she went to Uh, I would never cast Amanda Seyfried as Bella yeah, so according according to, And my judgmental teenage self is like poking through here. <laughs> according to the IMDB trivia of Twilight, she called Evan Rachel Wood and was like, Hey, do you want to do Twilight? And and she's like, What's Twilight? And she goes, Well, it's about a girl who falls well, in love with a vampire. Hello? Hello? Hey, hey, she did True Blood. Evan Rachel Wood plays the Queen of Louisiana. Yeah. But but the she, vampire queen of Louisiana. Yes, but all of Evan Rachel Wood's movies, if you watch them, her character is always an empowered female, where Bella does jack shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, not until the fifth movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hold on. If you start in these first four, the fifth one, you get to be yes. a vampire. Yeah. And listen, if you like Twilight, fine. That's great. I thought you were about to say if you like Twyla from Shit's Creek. <laughs> I love Twyla. Um, also the name of my brother's cat. Shout out to Twyla. Meow. Um, 
but no, if you like Twilight, that's fine. I know people who love it ironically and unironically. That's great. Great for you. I used to read the books, used to be obsessed with the books until a little something called Renesmee came into the picture and I backed out of there real quick. But if you love Red Riding Hood and you're an adult, I'm sorry. This, this is one of the, the the most unmemorable movies we watched on this It podcast. really is. It falls very, very flat. And the crazy thing is both Gary Oldman and... Gary Oldman, whatever he does... Like, how many villains has he played now? He's played a lot of villains. Well, I find it hysterical that he, at this time period... He played Sirius Black. He played yeah. Jim Gordon because he didn't want to play villains anymore. And then he plays a villain. I always forget that he plays Sirius Black. Not because he does a, like, a, a bad job. He disappears into that role so well that so, I forget. So both when, when Warner Brothers approached him to be in Harry Potter, they approached him to be he who must not be named. Ooh. Voldemort. And he's, and he's like, like, another villain, please right, no. Right, because they're like, do you want to be in the new Batman and do you want to be in the, the new in Harry Potter? And they're like, he's like, yeah, but I don't want to be a villain. And then he's like, what do you got for me? And they like cross out Ra's al Ghul. And they're like, do you want to be Jim Gordon? And he's like, <laughs> he plays a great Jim Gordon. He is my favorite Jim Gordon. There's some, like, granted, there are some ro- roles where you, it's like, yes, this is Gary Oldman. Like, we can see him. Right. It's Gary Oldman poking through. But... Like Sirius Black, always forget it's Gary Oldman well, playing he, that character. Uh, Fifth Element. Zerg. Zerg, always forget that that's Gary Oldman. Jean Emmanuel Baptiste Zerg. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite movies of all time. And, and he yeah. hates that performance. He doesn't watch it. Which is interesting because it's so great. <laughs> well, what's hysterical about this but, is his performance in this is basically him doing his performance from Dracula. Which Dracula? Bram, St- Bram Stoker's Dracula. Francis oh, though I only drink, or I, I don't, I never drink The wine. Keanu Reeves one. The one where- There's a Keanu Reeves Dracula. Keanu Reeves plays Jonathan, Jonathan Harker. <gasps> uh, Winona Ryder plays Mina. <gasps> Anthony Hopkins plays Van Helsing. Why did we watch Red Riding Hood? Because you wouldn't be able to sleep. It really? is so gross. Really? We can watch it later. And if, okay. you, if you, I will make this on air. If you still want to record a podcast with it, we'll release. Like rele- a bonus podcast. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? But yeah, he, he is doing his impression of Dracula in this movie. Until the blood moon wanes, in three days, you will never truly be safe. We are safe now. I killed the wolf in his lair. The cave at Mount Grimoire. You have been deceived by this beast from the very start. It made you think he'd lived on Mount Grimoire so that you would not look for it in the most obvious place. The wolf lives here. Okay. Like same, like yeah, Romanian he's got accent. That, yeah, Romanian accent. <laughs> I, I use the word Romanian very loosely. Baltics. Yeah, Baltics. Yeah. He's like, hello. What will we were? Yeah. My wife... She got bit by a vampire. But so let's set the scene. It's a tiny village. Little town. It's a quiet village. There are wolves roaming everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's a random village in the mountains, deep in the woods, like you would expect any setting of any 
uh, uh, Grimm's, no, Grimm's fairy Grimm's tale fairy. to be. So, okay, is this Grimm or is this Hans Christian Andersen? No, it's Grimm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, the Red Riding Hood is traditionally German, which it would it, it falls under Grimm's. Fairy I remember tales. what I was going to say. Yeah. So, so I got this film confused with the plot of Once Upon a Time, how they do Red Riding Hood. Okay. You mean with a very little girl? No. No. The TV show Once Upon a Time? Oh, that one. <laughs> yeah. What did you think I was talking about? I thought uh, Into the Woods. Oh, Sorry. Into the Woods. Yeah. They all blend together. Into the Woods. If you listen to Hell is a Musical, wait till March. Oh, yeah. Can't you wait don't for have that to, one. You don't have to be on that one. No, but I listen to them all because I'm a good wife. <laughs> Thank you. You're Juliana Margulies? Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so... That the the premise of that that little, little Red Riding Hood story is that Ruby is the wolf. She is the right, big, and the the Red Riding Hood prevents her from turning into the wolf. I thought that's what this movie was about. Yeah, and it to and be, that would have been better. It is a it is a clever twist, and they're kind of both clever twists in their own way, because it's like that whole Moby Dick aspect of like. The whale represents totally thought the force. you were going to say Moby, the, the DJ. <laughs> like Moby Dick, where like the, the whale represents like nature and like, you know, fate and destiny and or whatever, you know, insert English teacher explanation here. But the wolf, you know, can represent so many things and can be utilized in so many different ways. Intolerance, and here, being hungry like the wolf. But yeah, um, it, it's just okay. So, thank you, Duran Duran. My problem with this movie is that it starts and it doesn't end immediately. But <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, my problem with this movie is the fact that Amanda Seyfried, who is one of the most talented women, yeah, who this year she was nominated for an Oscar for being in a movie with Gary Oldman, like. She worked with him once, didn't work. Worked with him this year, it worked. Which movie was that? She was in Mank. Oh, haven't seen it. She played an old 1920s starlet. All right. She said nerds and got nominated for an Oscar. Okay. Instead of saying like shit or nuts, she goes nerds and they nominated for an Oscar. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Cool story, bro. I don't know what else to say to that. I'm um, just my point was she's a talented actress and in this she she looks so tired and so bored. She's like Well, we all know why now. Right. Like three movies back to back is nothing to, you know Also like that. the actors that she has to compete with, if we go in order of when this started, like her her acting tour. Yeah. She, she was acting with Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then she went to act with Julianne Moore and Liam Neeson. Yep. Then she had to act against Megan Fox. That that's yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a walk in the woods. But oh, a walk in the woods, you say? <laughs> but but then in this one, it, she's like, okay, it's no walk in the woods for her in this. <laughs> but then this, it's like, oh, I'm the star. Who's my co-star? Hi, it's me, Gary Oldman. Ah, oh, shit. It's a slow trudge through the swamp of sadness for her. Oh, and know who showed up on set to hang out with Gary Oldman? Hmm? David Bowie. What? Gary Oldman is best friend. What? David David Bowie. Oh, that's right. David Bowie. Because he did the like the the eulogy at the British uh, 
music, whatever, the yeah. BMAs. AMAs. No, I thought it was the BMAs. Whatever. No, the AMAs was, um, I thought that was Lady Gaga. Oh, okay. I guess. I don't but know. But yeah, so, so Gary Oldman was best friends with David Bowie and Alan Rickman. So it's heartbreaking that like weeks apart, he had to give two eulogies. But I don't care how talented of an actor you are. If David Bowie shows up on set, you stop everything that you're doing. You could be giving the greatest soliloquy of your life and you'd be just like, is that David Bowie? Yeah, so so one week apparently David Bowie showed up and then the next week Alan Rickman showed up on set ah. just to see. And he's like, so this is where the vampires... No, there's no vampires, Alan. Oh, I'm sorry. Werewolves. <laughs> I know something about werewolves. Turn to page two. 394. Oh, it's 394. I don't know why I thought it was 237. Oh, that's that's The Shining. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. But yeah, so, so like Gary Oldman is acting circles around everyone. This movie has three British actors besides Gary Oldman. Right. You but have, he's the only one doing an accent. Right. Shiloh Fernandez, Max Irons, and Julie Christie are are doing the worst American accents I've ever heard in my mm, life. Yeah. Not just that, but like Julie Christie has like an Oscar or yeah. an Oscar nomination. And when you're in a place that is fictional, yeah. completely fictional, yeah, and completely made up, just just do the British accents because why the hell not? It's, just let them do it. It's probably because... Everyone in her family is American actors. You got Amanda Safer, you got Billy Burke, and you got Virginia Madsen. Whose family? Oh, oh, Red Riding Hood's family. Yeah. Okay. Oh, her name is Valerie. Which I had a problem with her name being Valerie, and, you're, and you pointed out like that. It there are actually throughout history some random, more modern names that do appear, and I actually learned about this on like I forget NPR or some like historical podcast where they've like historians. Hello, Father. Have to, like, welcome to our town. This is Valerie and Bridget and Tina. And Tiffany and Stephanie. Literally, like there have been some random modern names that have appeared throughout history. And historians have to go back and kind of like edit them, so to speak. Like just like refer to. I thought they had weird names like Germantha and like Gertrude. Um, (laughs) But but like her name is Valerie. And like to me, it's like, oh, that's Valerie. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, this place is entirely anachronistic. Oh, you don't say. The place where all the trees have little daggers. Thorns? Well. I'm I'm just going to call it Thornville because literally every, everything around them, like from the houses to the trees. Thornberry. Because she's a wild thornberry. What? Because she can talk to animals. She can talk to the wolf. Oh. 
Do you not remember the wild thornberries? Of course I remember the wild thornberries. Uh, but but she's she's Eliza. She's like Eliza Thornberry. She can talk to the animals and her dad and Well, her... she kills a rabbit early on in the oh movie. My so God. Yeah. So as soon as this movie starts and and I'm like, what's she doing with the bunny? What's she yeah. doing with the bunny? By the way, two kids, they're on like, you know, a little hunting trip and they capture a rabbit. And the manner in which they capture this rabbit is if I like was on the other side of the room with a treat and I called over my dog. It's just no effort was put in there. But this, like, ha ha, I've captured you. This is the whitest rabbit I've ever seen. It almost looked like Kevin Hart's character from Secret Life of Pets. Like it was that fluffy and that white. I'm like, oh, he's so wait, what are they doing? No, don't. Oh, my God. But he's well, it's a- like it's supposed to represent innocence and blah, 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 blah. But we're to believe that like when she was murdering this poor bunny as a kid, uh, yeah. the wolf well, we was watching. Know- yeah. So we don't know right away that she kills the rabbit. They reveal that later. Yeah. When the wolf is talking to her, which they didn't use. So spoiler, uh, spoiler alert. Her dad is the wolf. Great. <laughs> Great. You just ruined it for everyone, Scott. It's been 10 years. <laughs> but but yeah, her dad is the wolf. Some of us were looking forward to that little secret and you, uncovering it for ourselves. You already knew about it before I did because you saw this movie before me. And I completely forgot. And I'm sure there's Why some... did you turn into Moira Rose? <laughs> I completely forgot, <laughs> David. <laughs> you have to fold in the cheese. I, I don't know what that means. If you like fruit wine as much as I do. But but yeah, so like they have a different actor voice voice the wolf right than her dad. Where all they had to do is the actor who plays the wolf or her dad just deepen his voice. Yeah, you have. Well, they didn't. No, it's a different actor. Okay, well I didn't know if they like put like layers of like no. Growling they and... spent an extra twenty thousand dollars hiring a voiceover actor. Wow. <laughs> Warner Brothers is like, yeah, wow. we're gonna we're gonna kill New Moon at the box office. I love to. I would love to like be in the room where like one editor is just like, hey, maybe we don't, and they're like, no, we're just gonna throw more money at this because why not? <laughs> hey, hey, maybe we shouldn't. Hey, how about fuck you? But they they spent twenty thousand dollars on a voiceover actor when they could have just deepened Billy Burke's voice. Agreed. Team it's Charlie definitely- all the way. It's definitely a waste of money. Also, Billy Burke in this movie, he looks like a little boy. Like he his, really does. He he looks like a boy with like dirt on his face and like a Lord Fauntleroy ha- haircut. Yeah. Well, let's explore. So we have Valerie. Yes. Who's obviously the main protagonist. She's the Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Um, and I thought that her her cape, like I remember the trailer, and her cape is like ginormous, and that's only, well, that's in a dream sequence but, that appears later. But that was the only reason I was like, oh, maybe I should see this movie because like she's got a she, <laughs> she's got like a Doctor she's Strange got a super cape. Yeah, she's got a Doctor Strange style cape. Like I thought that the cape halfway like, through the wolf bites her and she gets superpowers. Yeah, that's what. Well, <laughs> I I thought that the trailer made it look like she is the wolf. So besides Valerie, Red Riding Hood, we have. Peter, uh, Peter and the wolf, get it? <laughs> yeah. 
And I, I remember I started humming the theme that Peter and the Wolf, and you're like, what's that? I'm like, it's Peter and the Wolf. And you're like, it's a song? <laughs> well, I knew it's it's also kind of like an opera, isn't it? It's it's a storybook set to music. Okay. And David Bowie, tying it back. Great. He's the one who narrates it. Oh. And I see. And then Gary Oldman did it a few years ago. So we have Peter, who plays her main love interest. He's the one who goes on that little hunting trip with her in the beginning. They introduce them early. Yeah. He looks like an action figure. He yeah. he's very plasticky looking. Yes, like you you you'd think he lo- oh he looks like an action figure oh so he's really handsome no he he looks like the plastic one like when you take your magnifying glass as I already said and you melt it. Yeah, I'm like I'm like is there something wrong with his face and you're like I don't know. I also think it's the makeup too. It's also they the were lighting trying of the- to make him so much like edward he's got the hair don't say yeah like the pale skin and you can see like Like, his his facial hair is trying to grow through the makeup yeah i'm like oh this is bad he he just yeah he looks very plasticine as a result he also has very sleepy eyes like Mm. he looks tired the entire movie well wouldn't you i would be exhausted if i i mean if you lived in a village where that was under constant threat but but then you have by a wolf that's the stuff of myth you would be tired too and he's a woodcutter on top of it see i can understand the argument that in twilight that like jacob's an asshole and edward's an asshole and you Uh can't pick one over the other yep and this one if i had the choice of of henry over uh peter i'm picking henry yeah yeah we're all picking henry henry first off Henry is the son. It's Max Irons. His dad is Jeremy Irons. So he looks like Jeremy Irons. So mm-hmm. he's handsome. Second off, he's a blacksmith. Yeah. He his got skill is dollar, much more marketable, bills. I would say. Yeah. Not just that. Like, he's nicer. Like, he he's, you know. Well. Mm. Uh, well. No I mean, it's really like, nice in this movie. Well, it's like the, the 1500s. No one's nice. Yeah. They're all cold. No one wears a coat in this movie. <laughs> but but he he I would say he's a better suit for her. A better fit. Be- better suited. Yeah, yeah. That's the word. Yeah. But he is, you know, he can't marry her older but sister. But she likes the bad boys. Ugh. But yeah, her sister is in love with him, but her sister can't marry Henry. Yes. Because the family. Because initially, yeah, I thought initially that the sister was betrothed to Henry. No, it was always Valerie. And then Valerie got to take up that mantle, so to speak. But the family has a little secret. The mom. Yeah. She, she, uh, boinked, uh, boinked I was going to say bump uglies. Yeah, she bumped uglies with, uh, Henry's dad. So, uh. Which I didn't know that that was Henry's dad. That guy is so young looking. I thought it was Henry's older brother. Mm, yeah. He's like, I'm your dad. I'm 29. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Oh, yeah. Time period. Yeah. Even though it's anachron, Like I said, it's anachronistic. Right. But this is still like sort of medieval-esque, but at this, I would say. But at this point, Virginia Madsen and Billy Burke, who are her parents, were 45. Yeah. I mean, you were a spinster at like, what, 15? <laughs> yeah, I guess. But... <laughs> The the crazy thing is that... Yeah, so her mom boinked 
Henry's dad, they had a kid, which ended up being Valerie's older sister. Lucy. Yes. And then Lucy was born when she married another man. Right. Right. Before, you know. Yeah. Basically. You know. Oh, oh, Billy Burke. I forgot his character's name. Yeah. Let's just call him Charlie. For- yeah. Because he's Charlie. The same for- love triangle that plays out with Valerie obviously had happened before. Right. History repeats itself. But. She marries Billy Burke and and then all of a sudden like they have a baby, but that baby can't marry Henry because Lucy. Uh, What an awkward conversation. Like, no, he is too good for you, Lucy. I mean, I mean, you're too good for him. You didn't mean not for your sister, though. You don't want a blacksmith, sweetie. Comes home all covered in soot. Yeah, that's the reason. He's dirty. He's Stop a dirty asking boy. questions. Why are you asking so many questions? Yeah. Stop giving him the side eye. But yeah, so then Henry, he's not a bad guy. Yeah, nobody's great in this movie. Nobody's fantastic. It's a village <laughs> village filled with assholes as I'd far say, as I'm I'd concerned. The best person, there are two people yep. who get good people awards and grandma yep and lucas haas who is well the grandma lives outside the village but lucas haas who is the the uh religious figure the one no because he brings the the villain he doesn't know i feel like you know he was trying to do what was best word of torture and murder must travel at least a little bit Oh, but come on, he's he's friends. You with ever Toby hear McGuire about this thing called the Inquisition? <laughs> Word got around, Scott. Okay, no one's good in this. It town. Wasn't a good time. They 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 kill someone. They kill poor Claude because he's weird. Like, yeah. So so they they discover. Well, they've always. This is a village that has historically had the wolf problem. Every moon, they make a sacrifice to it. Those poor goats. Yeah. And that's the way this village has always kind of existed. Oh, do you remember the joke you told about the goat? <laughs> what? You, you told a joke while we were watching it about the goat. Do you, do you remember it? I do not remember it. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Valerie is walking by uh, the goat and she's like, I'm not into Peter anymore. And you said, as the goat, you go, oh, come on, Valerie. You and I, we both know the truth because we're both horny. Horny. <laughs> So the altar where they sacrifice the goats and the pigs, I love how they have a um like a stand where on which they display a moon with a frowny face to remind the villagers. It's like when you go that- to the doctors and they're like, How are you feeling today? Point to the chart. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it literally looks like that. It's like, how are you feeling today? Is the sun up? That's a smiley face. Oh, yeah. it's the moon? That's a frowny face. But it's like, do we really need that? You've lived with this wolf for how long? Do you really need a reminder like, hey, remember, you know, how that moon up there in the sky that we all see every couple of weeks? My question is, how did... So, Virginia Madsen, how did she not know that her husband was turning into a wolf every full moon? Well, she Or was every blood moon. Clearly interested in someone else all along, so... I'm assuming she wasn't paying close attention. But But going back to the moon thing... But how did Julie Christie not know? 
She was the mom. I literally cannot talk about this because I still have to talk about the moon. Okay. You live in a village where every couple of weeks, that thing that appears in the sky means that the wolf is going to come. Do we really need a sign, a literal sign in the center of the village? Like, hey, yeah, that bad thing, it's coming around again. Well, you know, if you followed the, the moon, you were a witch. Like, someone's gonna fucking forget. Well, that guy... Like, Herbert the woodcutter is gonna come back and be like, oh, shit, I forgot. It's moon day. But that guy did... <laughs> Better bring out my best pig. But I, I love the guy who clearly, like, kills... He kills a wolf, which that must have yeah. destroyed you. Um, yes. A real wolf. He kills a real wolf. And then he's like, I killed the wolf. And Gary Oldman's like, no, you didn't. Because... It's like, also, wolves run in packs. <laughs> There's more than one. But Gary Oldman's like, no, you didn't, because it would turn into someone's head. And the guy's like, fuck you, Gary Oldman. You're an outsider. And then he's the first I know what I'm die. talking about. That guy is best friends with, with Billy Burke. And Billy Burke, who's the wolf, kills him right What? Up. Billy Burke's the wolf? What? We've already established this. <laughs> but, but like, you're not going to kill your best friend. Just saying. Well, when you have no scruples, Scott. <laughs> I, I also love how in the bloodline, if you're related to the wolf, you can talk to the wolf. Yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, that kind of makes sense. I, but my question is, when when Peter gets bit by the wolf, uh-huh. at the end, she smiles like she can talk to him, but she's not in Peter's bloodline. So how can she... Well, maybe... Yeah, that is a big flaw because, like, he... so the reason Valerie is able to talk to the wolf is because she comes from a long line of wolves, apparently. Well, she... Or, like, somewhere down it's the, the line... Bloodline. She's in the bloodline. Yeah. But... but... Peter gets bit. But everybody has the potential to be bitten and become a wolf. Right, but it's a different bloodline. He said, the only reason why I could communicate with you is because you're my actual daughter. I couldn't communicate with Lucy because she's not my blood. Right, and that's how he figures out right. that, oh, my wife cheated on me. My life is a lie. I must go on a killing rampage and protect the one thing that I love and is loyal to me. He does like a reverse taken. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Also, they do like such a shitty job with like when she's talking to the wolf, she then thinks everyone is a is a wolf. She does like like Well, she 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 talks to it when it's in its wolf form. Right, but but then like right away her grandma her grandmother, I guess. Yeah. Like was Doing something weird in her bed, like when she goes to check on her the next morning, like she wasn't there. And then, well, she's it's there. that classic scene, like, oh, you know, oh, your grandma. Well, your that's eyes the dream, something. right? But I'm saying they they play on that right. a number of times. That theme. So, so she thinks it's a grandma. Yeah. Then she thinks it's Peter. Yeah, I literally mentioned earlier that this plays out like an Agatha Christie book, right? And it's meant to, like. It's, not a it's good Agatha Christie No, book. not at all. It's not done well at all. It's like a kid doing um, a book report of an Agatha Christie Literally, it's, 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 um... Crap. Actually, that reminds me 
I had to do a assignment when I was in high school where we had to tell a fairy tale from the perspective of Holden Caulfield from Catcher in the Rye. And I chose Little Red Riding Hood. That's what this is like. Was he Little Red Riding Hood? No, no. Like we had to tell a story like as if Holden Caulfield was telling it. So a bunch of phonies yeah. in the woods. Yeah. Um, Red, that's a color of a phony. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they they have this wolf problem. They try to resolve it by getting Gary, Gary Oldman, Oldman to come. And Gary Oldman, who is dressed like the six-fingered man from The Princess Bride. Oh my God, he is. I just took one wolf from your territory. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Interesting. Write that down. <laughs> but I love, I do love how he's introduced because he comes into the village on the invitation of the priest who believes he's the only person that can solve the wolf problem. And he, t- he literally, he's introduced like a family man, like his daughters come oh out of the- Oh my God. He, no, he is, he is the occult version of Perot. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, he's kind of our Perot, but way more sadistic. Yeah, he's douchebag Perot. Um, but douchebag Perot has two little daughters, and they come out and they're like crying, like, "Oh, Daddy, don't leave us again." And he's like, "Sorry, baby, Daddy, Daddy has to work." work. <laughs> and and he's like, "Go off with your nanny that I leave you with ninety percent of the time." Got to solve another wolf crisis. But as soon as his daughters leave, he's like, oh, yeah, their mother, I killed her because she turned into a wolf. Yeah. Don't tell my daughters. Oopsie doopsies. And I I love how, like, as soon as someone gets bit by the wolf, he's like, oh, they're dead. And then he gets bit by the wolf. and He's like, don't kill me. Don't kill me. And the guy's like, you made me kill my brother. You're dead. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's the summary of. Gary Oldman. Perot. Yes. But and his, uh, oh yeah, we haven't talked about his torture device either. It's a, it's a giant steel elephant? Yeah, brass would brass. be more appropriate probably. Well. I don't think we're in the steel age quite yet. He's not, he's not fucking, you know, Hannibal. He's or not, iron. He's, yeah. I think it's iron. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It's probably silver. Why are we debating about I what don't this know. is made out of? The bigger question is, why does he have this? Well, he gives a speech that this whole, this torture device was created by the Romans, and that is actually 1,000% true. Um, back in the olden days, they had, like, uh, metal elephants or rhinos or lions, what, what have you. Oh, my. And they would throw um, Christians and any undesirable in there and roast them alive. Ugh. Yeah, we see the elephant used, and it's not at all pleasant. It's, it's used on Claude. Because. Who is, who made the mistake. Knows magic. He, yeah, he made the mistake of learning a card trick and showing it off to the guy whose David, job is literally to point out anyone different or suspicious. David Blaine, David Copperfield, they would not do well. No, on not David at all. David Blaine, maybe. He doesn't do real magic. Yeah. He just stands on shit. If you're a pickpocket, you might be okay, but you turn that pickpocketing into a card trick, you're you're doomed. Right. Any, any other form of sleight of hand is 
We'll, we'll get you in the elephant. See, this is my thumb. Oh, I pulled it off. Witch! <laughs> so he ends up in the elephant, and then we get a very upsetting scene where her his sister goes to try and negotiate his release, and it's very unpleasant. Yeah. Like, she, she's offering her... She does her everything. 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 I don't know, babe. I don't know why I turned into share. <laughs> no, but she offers money, and then she's like, you know what? Amanda Seyfried can talk to fucking wolves. Yeah. And he's like, why didn't you say that from the beginning? Yeah. And she also, like, just to show where his priorities are, she offers herself, which is really fucked up, and he's like, that's great, but have you seen any wolves around <laughs> I came here to kill wolves and chew bubblegum, and I'm all, all out, out of, of bubblegum. <laughs> but but the- he even has silver nails. He gave himself a silver-plated manicure. I mean that, but that's Chekhov's manicure because that, that comes into play. Yep. Because oh, does it? <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, what's the boy's name again? Claude. Claude. Claude dies. It's very sad. And then Claude's sister, what's her name, Sarah? I don't know. Who cares? Claude's sister is like, oh, no, I shouldn't have read it on you. And, and Valerie's like, no, you shouldn't have. <laughs> but, but here no, we... No, she, she actually says, no, I, I would have no, done the yeah, same thing. But then, but then she's put in stocks in the middle of town, and they're like, yeah. here, Wolfie, 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 come yeah. get your dinner. We're going to use, you're a witch. You can talk to wolves. We're going to use you as bait because mm-hmm. you're clearly what the wolf wants. I want chicken, I want liver, meow mix, meow mix, please deliver. Here, boy. And they put her in this stupid wolf mask. It's so dumb. It's like, hey, we don't have like a Hannibal Lecter thingy. Yeah, this is this is our version of that. Yeah, but this is where it shows how cool Henry is because he takes out, like, as a blacksmith, I guess he carries like like lock picking stuff on him yeah throughout all of this there's a back and forth between peter and um you know henry as you would expect of the love triangle well i'll help i'm not that desperate oh really then what's your plan huh see you don't have one look you've seen those locks i got a shop and i've got tools you need me Fine. But if you're the wolf, I'm going to chop your head off. Granted, Amanda Seyfried makes it very clear she is not interested in Henry from the get-go. She literally has a roll in the hay with yeah with Peter. I don't know how you could be much more clear. It, it's like the most uncomfortable scene in the entire movie. Yeah. Because they're in broad daylight. That's uncomfortable. And also the Pe- festival that they have. The... the- because they're like the we bacchanalia. The, yeah, the bacchanalia. It's literally a bacchanalia. Yeah, That's it is. what it is. And also, like the like did the way they dance. <laughs> Do you know what it very... reminded me of? It reminded me in, of in Bob's Burgers when yeah. when Tina writes her uh, Pride and Prejudice story and they're dancing and all they do is smack butts together and clap hands. Yep, that's what it was. Yeah. 
I mean, very fitting for a bacchanalia, I guess. When they're rolling in the hay, his his dude bros walk by and he's, they're like, hey, Peter, what are you doing? Yeah, it's not exactly like a private area that they've selected. Like, yeah, they go off to the side after they do their very hedonistic dance to get each other's attention. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> Henry is just sitting in a corner like, why will nobody touch my doodle? <laughs> but Henry, Henry sees them and he's just watching them like he is he... nobody in this village is good yeah like he he's watching them make out in the hay and he's not like <clears throat> well he's about to he's like about to like stop it and then no he's about to murder peter yeah and then of course that's when the wolf makes its appearance Oh, I thought it was when the dude bros were like, hey, Peter, Oh, yeah, that on? too, yeah. Like, do, do, do. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Come on, man. We're going to go to, you know, Kegger house. But but when the, they go after the wolf, when there is a wolf sighting. Yeah. The stuff they say is literally like in Beauty and the Beast, the, the mob song. Kind of, yeah. It. it yeah. Yeah, it's very reminiscent. The whole movie is very reminiscent of like that last five minutes of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, but for two hours. Yeah. And two long hours. And they marketed this movie as like a gothic horror movie, like a hammer. This doesn't, It. this isn't gothic horror. Like the best example off the top of my head that I can think of with gothic horror is, well, the most recent example Sleepy is- Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hall is a good one, but I would say a more recent example is um, Bly Manor. Oh, Haunting of Hill House, like the Mike Flanagan TV show. Yeah, Haunting of Bly Manor, though. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That is a really good example of gothic romance. That's the one that's turning the screw, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, not not Lady yeah. in Black. I would have liked it if we only caught, like, glimpses of the wolf. Like, you get a tail here. An uh, like an angry eye there, like you know, a tuft of fur. I would have preferred it if they had kept the wolf like Jaws. Yeah, kind of like that. Well, eventually though, we do get to see Jaws. Well, yeah, but, but that's in the last ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. So it, so it just, it, instead of hearing doo doo, you'd rather hear woof woof, <laughs> woof woof. You know that said, even though like. Again, I would have preferred the wolf to kind of, you know, stay relatively hidden. Mm-hmm. It's still better than all the wolves in Twilight put together. Because they had the Warner Brothers dollars. Well, I just like, it's like, if you're going to do a scary wolf, make it a scary wolf. Make Like, the wolves in Twilight were meant to look so super realistic, but they actually, it's, they, they don't. They look like dogs. Yeah, they, it just, it doesn't come across very well at all. And this wolf, it's mangy looking. It's, you know, it's what you would expect a werewolf to look like. Yeah, it, it's been on a bender. Yeah, it's, it's, it's seen some shit. I um, used to travel with Steely Dan and Foghat. <laughs> Are you reeling in the east? Stowing away the time. Um, but, oh. Did, have you ever seen the photos from Twilight of of Taylor Lautner in the CGI suit? Yes. Okay. Yeah, everyone has. I, well, I saw where, she, the, where she's petting him. Yeah, I saw yeah. for the first time like two weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. 
What a delight for you. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this shit? (laughs) So now I just picture Billy Burke in the in the the motion capture suit. Yeah. But this wolf looks like it belongs in this world. Right. It looks like a very haunted creature. Right. And so. Wait a minute. This is Princess Bride. What uh is Peter wearing the entire movie? Black. All black. Like she has the red cape. What's his name? Billy Burke is dressed like uh, Inigo Montoya. I guess, yeah. Jesus Christ, why are they ruining one of my favorite They're films? They're not ruining it. They're just trying their damnedest to like cram all that good, you know, good fairy tale. <laughs> Where were you? I was trapped in that brazen beast all night. I finally broke out. Don't come near me. Valerie, what? You don't believe me? I'll hurt you. Please don't. The wolf appears, disappears. Oh, God, who is the wolf? Who could be the wolf? It's so obvious that it's the dad. Well, it wasn't obvious at first. When when I first saw Billy Burke's name in it, and I'm like, he's fourth build. I put it, yeah, I, I put it together. Like, I had seen this movie. But I knew I, it was a I, man. I had seen it so many years ago. I truly didn't remember. And then as I'm putting the pieces together, and it's like, of course, the it, it's it's the dad. He has the most reason, you know, yeah. for but, killing the, the particular people that he kills. But then it makes no sense that he kills Julie Christie. Yeah. I I really hate the fact that. The oh, grandma- he, he kills his mother. Yeah. Well, at that point, he's he's in berserker mode, as they what they would refer to when it comes to like serial killers. Oh, and I gonna, he, he's I just you meant, killing like, anybody. Wolverine. No, but like it's literally a term when like a serial killer goes berserker mode. It just means that they they're not even trying to be careful anymore. They're just killing anyone that stands in their way. Yeah. So at this point, he's gone full berserker. Well, it would have made sense to kill the mom to kill Virginia so, yeah, Madsen. He kills the, not the he kills the daughter because it's not his daughter. He kills um Henry's dad because he is the father. He is he is the father. He, he um, gives a good old-fashioned wolf slap to Virginia Madsen. Yeah. That's what Which he ca- shocks me. I would have figured he would have killed her, too. Because why not? See, I, I thought he was going to kill her and not Julie Christie. Mm, I yeah. Because I, I would have preferred for Valerie to have a better support system. Because yeah. Virginia Madsen, world's worst movie. mom. I wish that she had a better support system, though. <laughs> Virginia Madsen is like the world's worst mother in this film. She's like, why don't you just marry the blacksmith? Yeah. Because that's what I should have done. To be fair, though, this is like medieval times. Yeah. And you got to do what you got to do. I mean, you're all going to die by the time you're 40 anyway. So So she has a good two years left. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And they, they tease a bunch of people. Yeah. But in the end, of course, it's the dad, and which is interesting because okay, the, the one that didn't make sense, them teasing, yeah, they tease that the priest might be the the wolf. I think that would have been a smarter decision. No, I meant I, I Gary Oldman. Priest. Oh, Gary Oldman, yeah, no, because I'm like yeah. he wasn't even there. No, yeah. that would have been that would have been straight out of Stephen King's Silver Bullet. That was the premise. The mm. priest turns out to be the wolf in that. Okay, yeah. So I'm like, oh, that 
that's a page out of the silver bullet. But no, they kill that guy right away, too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they put out Valerie as bait. Uh, Peter and Henry, Henry fi- finally work as a team. They work as a team. That's our art. Try to rescue her. The wolf is attacking. Little do we know that it's actually the dad who actually tries to help them rescue her. Yeah. But he's got his own agenda, of course, which is to get her out of the village. And But he's like, we can be together. Yeah, and, and we can go full wolf together. <laughs> yeah, like they're Voltron. We can Voltron. go to the city and kill more people. I've changed my name to Jack. I'll yeah. be the Ripper. <laughs> but I, I, okay, so Valerie is kind of... There's a darkness to Valerie, like, throughout this whole movie. And they highlight it in the beginning. We get a taste of it in the beginning where, with the rabbit. And then it's revealed later that she kills the rabbit. And then finally, when all of this is going down in the final moments of the film, she just doesn't know who to trust. And Peter, the guy she has grown up with from the time she was little... She suspects him of being the wolf, and without hesitation, she stabs him. Actually, no, she doesn't stab him. She slashes across his belly. Yeah. And somehow he lives. And I I just, like, I get it that you're fearful. Again, you don't know who to trust, but it's like the fact that there is no hesitancy, the fact that she just turns on a switch. Maybe she is like her dad. Maybe he does, like, you know, maybe he's right. He sees something, that darkness inside of her, and he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, Valerie is the first serial killer of this small village. Yeah, kind of. She's heading in that direction. Do you think she would use, like, riddles or rhymes to try and be caught by the local constables? Oh, yeah, like she has a calling card? Yeah. It's just a little bit of red thread just left behind. Well, she sews it into, she embroiders it using red thread. She... She does needlepoint and leaves little clues and rhymes. Okay. <laughs> That's this co- is a very elaborate calling card. Well, she really wants How to get How much cal- time do you think she has on her hands? Well, you know, in this time period, all they're supposed to do, women in this village, is do needlepoint and do, you know, the laundry and stuff. So she's got time. <laughs> she has them pre-prepared. You're right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I see. She already knows um, what she's going to say. It's already written down. Yeah. So she goes to grandmother's house because she's got to save grandma. Or she well, because she that, had a dream. Yeah. She thinks that like. She she thought the grandma was the wolf because she yeah. had the dream of, oh, grandmother. What yeah. They- and they really try to drive that home because Henry also suspects the grandmother. And so she goes there. And. Yeah. Turns out grandma dead, and daddy the alive, wh- yeah, and but- he pretends to be the grandmother, which of course, oh, grandma, what big eyes you I have. I would have preferred to see him wearing like the old, you right? The old lady like uh, um, bonnet. bonnet and moo moo. Yeah. Oh, it's me, dear. Herdy, dirty, dirty. So I guess in this universe, wolves can mimic voices like parrots? I guess he's like the Pennywise of this village where he can just morph into shit. Mm. That would actually have been really smart. Like, 
what if one person sees a wolf because that's their greatest fear, but another person sees an, like, you know what I mean? That would have been actually really smart. So, like, for, for, uh, what's his name for Gary Oldman? What would he see? Like, people being able to learn. Oh, I was going (laughs) to say people being able to get an education. Yeah. (laughs) Women voting. (laughs) What is this? A dissertation? What sorcery is this? <laughs> but um, I I love how once again we mentioned Chekhov's fingernails because that's how <laughs> Chekhov's fingernails. Like I know I knew it, you were gonna say that, but just to hear it is so silly. But it's true because like she apparently she was carrying around Gary Oldman's right? hand. So like yeah, his hand gets cut off at one and point, and she grabs it. She like puts it in her basket. And then and she's like, this will come in handy. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> but literally, so she, she, uh, yeah, Peter comes, saves her from her dad because somehow he's still alive. And during the fight, he gets bit and she distracts her dad and- by like, hey, daddy, look at what I got in my basket. And then and he's like, well, I know what a good baker you are. <laughs> But I, I mentioned to you, they clearly did like reshoots of showing him get bit because yeah, because the scene that we actually saw, uh, Billy I Burks, feel like they they had one ending planned and then they just changed their mind. Yeah, like you know, like he got stabbed through the stomach, so he should be dead. So he helps her. Yeah, from her dad, then he dies. Or like Valerie's the one that gets bit, and she has to live as the wolf, and neither one one of the guys gets her. Uh, That's a but, better ending. Yeah, actually, yeah. She's hanging out with the wolf walkers. <laughs> um, from from Twilight. No, no, I, I meant Wolf Walker. Oh yeah, the better movie. Yeah. She's literally running with a wolves. Only five percent of our audience. <laughs> Don't worry, I already put in the understood song clip that reference. I put in the song clip. Oh, there we go. Um, but yeah. So remember when she? So when we were watching this movie and she stabs him with the silver hand because in this universe they have the same weakness as vampires. Yeah, silver hollowed ground and well silver has always been werewolves oh it has oh you're right yeah yeah did you know who who actually stole it for vampires both buffy the vampire slayer oh yeah and blade oh and well and also um true blood which they they got that from blade yeah because one of the writers of blade wrote true blood so yeah so well i think it's also in the books too well, she clearly went to the movies yeah. and saw Blade. <laughs> it definitely from It Blade. all comes back to Blade. But Blade is different because he mixes his silver bullets with garlic. Yeah. Um But yeah. Just the fact that a, a random root vegetable Yeah. Can, can kill you. Um But to be fair, as Hotel Transylvania pointed out, if you stab anyone through the heart, they will die. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
But yeah, so she's so we're watching that movie. She stabs him with the hand, and I just turned to Scott, and I was like, "Oh, she gave him a hand job." Boo! <laughs> she fingered the culprit. Boo! Come on, that's lowbrow humor. We only go for the highest quality fart and dick jokes here. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, she. She yeah. She has no problem killing her dad. She had no like when her grandmother was dead. I mean, she, her dad wasn't very present in her life. The way he is played throughout the movie, he's a drunk. He's kind of an asshole. Hey guys, I'm gonna go out for a pack of cigarettes. I may be back. I may not. I think I just burped into the mic. I apologize to everyone. Um, but yeah, he he's like so absent. He's just kind of like half there, which again is played to their advantage because right. they you know well he's trying to pull like a columbo and have people think that he's like you know not the sharpest tool yeah so then when he goes on his murder rampages no one suspects him cause... i always knew it was you fredo <laughs> um, one more question sir if i bit you in the neck and ate your blood would you <laughs> die <laughs> uh and then they take his body and they fill it with stones and they just, you know, th- you know, throw them in the water. I mean, what are they supposed to do? Bake them into a pie? Like, well, <laughs> <laughs> but mom, dad's dead. I baked this pie for you. Don't ask what's in it. It just further cements my belief that Valerie is going to get a taste for it. You know what I mean? She she's going full serial killer. Yeah. Who was that that serial killer queen woman you told me about? The one Elizabeth Batory. Yeah. It's sad that you knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> you know who you married. Yeah, the fact that you know serial killers the way I know sitcom stars is very deeply disturbing. Well, I'm not as good with dates and times and numbers, but no. yeah. No, but I could be like, oh, yeah, this episode of Family Matters. And you're like, did you know that, you know, this serial killer did this this way? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, good night. And then I'm sleeping with my Are eyes. Are you familiar with the Yorkshire Ripper? <laughs> oh, no. But so, yeah. And then Valerie I, decides she's going to live outside the village, which. She credit- just moves into grandma's Smart. place. Yeah. I love how they wrap up this movie. It's like the village never changed. My mom realized her husband was never coming home, so she's sad forever. I live on the outside of the village now, and I might be into bestiality. Ugh. (laughs) But yeah, what she literally does moving into her her grandma's place is what people used to do in New York to keep rent control. It's like, oh, grandma died? Don't tell the landlord I live here now. Yeah. (laughs) Literally, that's what happened on Friends. Honestly, though, I can't falter. Look at this village. Look at what they've done to her. Also, one of her best friends turned against her. She was like, you're going to get what you deserve. I've always hated you. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a part of that either. Yeah. But you came to my bar mitzvah. (laughs) You bitch. (laughs) You were always too pretty. So how many bagels? Oh, boy. This gets one from me. Um, <laughs> One for Gary Oldman giving yeah, it Yeah, Gary Oldman, 
I mean, I can't fault the guy. He's entertaining no matter what. He doesn't really shine in this movie, but that's the fault of, again, the writing and also everyone else dragging him down. This is also that time period where Gary Oldman is doing any movie he gets his mitts on. Yeah. He's in RoboCop. He's in this. He's doing like all of these movies just to make money because he's got a gambling problem. Oh, he does. I thought, or was it a drinking problem? He had to pay some what sort of... He has a problem. He had a debt that he had to pay. He talked about it on, on uh, one podcast. I forgot which one it was, but he went into detail. On, he's like, yeah, I made these movies because I had to pay off debts. Ah, okay. Well. We call that um, the Nicolas Cage movie. I hope he got his money's worth, I guess. Yeah, like $10 um, million dollars for this movie. So. I like some of the set design. Um, You're on your own there. No, but it's, it's but you same. just turned to me like, don't you agree? I'm like, no, you're on your no, own. No, no, no. I, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of the reason I don't mind some of the Twilight movies, just in terms of like the backdrop. No, but I like that like dark, moody, Portland esque, deep dark woods sort of aesthetic. I'm not going to agree with you on this. I hate Twilight. No, the, I saw the two movies and that was, Yeah, the, I know. The, like some of the scenes of like the waterfalls and the environment, like it's really yeah, cool. Well, that's because Oregon I is like, gorgeous. Right. But like this movie has kind of that aesthetic where it's like you're in the deep dark woods. You know, there's darkness and mystery around every corner. Everything's kind of got a bit of an edge to it. Again, it's like, it's, again, it's like Hellboy a bit. Yeah, but also everyone in this town should be dead. Like, it's beauty with, like, just, like, a but, layer of grime oh, over it. Oh, you didn't say how many bagels, though. I'm getting to it. <laughs> so that's a bagel. Um, And one for the design of the wolf, because I, I think, unlike a lot of other movies, it, it, it does fit. Yeah. So three. Okay, I'm sticking with one. Gary Oldman gets it. Okay. I This was just so boring. It wasn't it like... It really, yeah. I don't understand why... I mean, I understand why Freeform wedges this in October for Halloween. I get it. I get it. They show this in Twilight back There's to There's nothing like juicy about the love triangle. It really... It's like eating sawdust. It's just... It leaves a when, very dry taste when, in your mouth. When they kiss... There's no attraction. Like, it, there's no chemistry. Right. He's he's a G.I. Joe out of the box, this and movie, she's a Barbie that escaped. This movie, I feel like Chris, uh, Catherine Hardwick saw Sleepy Hollow and tried to replicate that vibe in this. Yeah. In this Grimm's fairy tale. And it it comes across very poorly. But that, again, that's like the same sort of backdrop that I'm talking about. It's like that like dark twisted sort of yeah. you know creepy but beautiful to look at sort of yeah so backdrop so basically this would be a copy of a copy because sleepy yeah. hollow is a copy of hammer horror movies and you know what happens when you make a copy of a copy yeah we've the all seen multiplicity gets like warped yeah it's not good it's not good and also 
she's not a good director. Like, I never want to put anyone down who's a filmmaker because I want to support anyone. But yeah, I mean, the guy who directed the Bieber movie directed Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, but he it took we can we can always be surprised. But based on what she's turned out and the repetition that you see throughout in terms of the themes, the deadpan acting. When she does TV like, shows, she does a good job. Stick to TV. Stick to producing and creating TV shows. You do yeah. a really good yeah. job. Yeah. Just stop giving us sexy, you know, werewolves. YA, yeah. You know. I mean, you did a good job with 13. Quit while yeah, you're but that, Yeah, but that, yeah. <laughs> like, you peaked. Mm. So, yeah. We come to the end of this episode. Yay. Do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, nope. <laughs> Stella and McCoy, can I promote them? Yeah, sure. Aw, my babies. So I have another podcast called Hell is a Musical. Yes, you do. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram for that. Yes, you can. For this, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. Uh, until next time, sweetie, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. Until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye.